0: To the area Yanche stamp through chance shot goal! full stop unbelievable scenes at the end for derby
1: goal
2: oh my oh. stuck. <laughs> what the oh.
1: Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to and Midlothian Football Club, who are going to Europe in July, or maybe even August. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson on a a positive podcast. It's good to have these back, isn't it?
0: Yes, back-to-back wins, six points, no goals conceded, Um, karma after a... Horrible attempt to win a penalty, which was successful, was then thwarted by the world's number one goalkeeper. And if my mathematics are correct, Heart of Midlothian are now confirmed as a top six side. So let's just walk before we can run, huh?
1: Why not? Why not? I mean,
0: what are you you guffawing at, McGowan?
3: I just can't believe that you worked out that we can't. Drop out the top six.
0: <laughs> well, that's the honestly, that's the first aim at the start of the season. The, the main aim is going to be finish third or fourth, but we cannot be confirmed. caught. That doesn't matter. The top six is confirmed.
1: Can we top still win the title?
0: 21, uh, nine games. Yeah, yeah, can. But here we go. A semi up for third right now and, and, uh, and a Celtic Rangers or Hearts Cup win. And a guaranteed group place in Europe. And can you imagine, like, for, for Hearts fans, it's been that long since that bloody trip to Malta. Um, we haven't had anything. When you're used to... And Ryan, I'm sure, would have been used to playing in Europe with, with Hearts. When you're used to something and, and you, haven't had it, <laughs> you haven't had it for a while, then you suddenly, next season, if you're in the group stage of, of, of Europe... You're guaranteed, that would be guaranteed four away trips, Um, because if you lose in the playoff round, you'd then have three away trips in the group stage, or if you win in the playoff round, you'd have three away trips in the Europa League. So four trips for Hearts in Europe. Yes, bring it on. Just finished third now.
1: Yes, Ra- Ryan McGowan, you must be, you've got plenty of experience of going to glamorous places like North London and Liverpool when <laughs> hearts have been in Europe before.
3: I know, we always used to say that the, t- the two sort of best games that you could have had, we had them, but the biggest, there were bus trips. of times <laughs> we got the bus down. So, um, you, got
1: the bu- you
0: got the bus down in London? I'm
3: pretty sure we no. did.
0: No, you must have flown. This isn't a fucking Thomas Cook to Kalea.
3: Come on, son. You got
0: the bus from Tank Castle in London. We definitely, was that like a, got, was we a definitely mega bus?
3: bus? We definitely got the bus for Liverpool. You, I remember yeah, that's that. different. That's, you can't
1: get the mega bus to London. It's like
3: six. Did you get years a off. mega
0: bus to London
3: <laughs> to play <laughs> Spurs? Your reaction is telling me that I don't think that we, we must have flown down. Okay. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> what is it?
0: 10, 12 come, years ago. Come on, son. You must rem- you'd remember if you were on a fucking bus
1: to London... We must
3: have flown down.
1: Then. I got. You
0: must, it's, oh, it's I hour. got a bus
1: when I when I played for Montrose. We got a bus to fucking oh, Paris Christ. from Montrose, and it was. You're
0: playing for Montrose under 15s. So that's different. You can't really afford to fly. you <laughs> seeing.
1: Well, you're seeing it's a different level than. Oh okay. I
0: there can't believe me. McGowan cannot remember how He's probably Steven. his heart squad. No, he played like that at times. But you you don't <laughs> take a bus. McGowan
3: on a mega bus. We, we must have flown. We must have
1: Okay. Well, we'll we'll be traveling. Um, we travelled far bus by, or bus car, yeah. bus, again, <laughs> by bus and
0: bus, and then again by bus <laughs> and bus.
1: Yes. Well, hearts look like they're um, heading to to Europe, but I, as the, the the fans sing in July. But a few people have commented that it's 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 a good chance as things stand. That we'd only be would be starting in August, which would be so, which so would be pleasant. There's, but um,
0: there's a website called Bert Cassis does a website. Okay. Um, it's a Dutchman, it's the UEFA website. So I'm in it, right? I've just gone into it right now. And I'm going to go to next season's calendar. Mm-hmm. And this will tell us when, if we finish third. Um, and I know there's a lot of things we need a team to win a Champions League that guarantees is qualified through. Yep. So the third qualifying round. For sorry, the, the playoff round for the um, Europa League would be August 18th. That's really late for a Scottish side, you're normally home before the postcards, and then the group stage for the Conference League starts on September the 8th. So, if all goes according to plan and hearts enter at the playoff round for the Europa League, we wouldn't start until August 18th.
1: Yep. I know. So
0: is that, do we need to Should change nice?
1: the, the song or? Ah, the song's fine. The song's fine. Okay. Why not? Okay. Why not? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about <clears throat> some football over the next hour or so. Hearts' last two games since we were last on the podcast—that was uh, away to St Mirren and then home to Aberdeen. We'll look ahead to this current, uh, coming weekend's trip to Tannadice as well. Okay, first up. St Mirren against Hart and Midlothian and since it's actually a decent game why not listen back to the dulcet tones of Robert Borthwick for this one
2: Liam Boyce flicks it on for Barry McKay now Hart's looking to get him behind McKay down the left hand side plays it into the middle the balls come to Ellis Sims Sims it's a great save Sims scores it's 1-0 to Hearts, and Ellis Sims off the bench and onto the score sheet there was a little bit of fortune about it the way it comes back to him but it's 1-0 to Heart and Midlothian the possession, the pressure has paid off, and Ellis Sims gets his third goal in a maroon jersey. St Mirren nil, Heart of Midlothian 1, Jones now to Alan Power, an exchange of 1-2 but Cammy Devlin wins the ball really well, it's a great tackle, and he finds Liam Boyce, Liam Boyce coming through the midfield, Hearts now breaking forward, Benny Beningame looking for the opportunity, finds Ellis Sims, the goalie comes out, he gets there but it's come out and it's Cammy Devlin. Cammy Devlin scores his first goal for Hearts and oh, do the Hearts fans love that behind the goal? We've been waiting a long time for Cammy Devlin to get on the score sheet and he does so. It's Hearts 2, St Mirren 0.
1: So Hearts back to winning ways in Paisley and a lot of changes to the side that lost to the Perth Saints last time out with Ross Stewart, Toby Civic, Peter Haring. Alex Cochran, Josh Ginelli, and Ellis Sims all coming out of the starting 11. And Craig Gordon, Craig Halkett, Benny Beningami, Gary Mackay Stephen Ben Woodburn, and Liam Boyce all coming in as Robbie Nielsen moved to a 4-2-3-1 formation. Gordon and goals. Atkinson, Suter, Halkett, Kingsley at the back. Devlin and Beningami sitting. Woodburn, Mackay, and Gary mckay Stephen the attacking three behind Liam Boyce. Were you pleased, Mark, to see a change of system from Robbie Nielsen after a bit of a poor run of form?
0: Yeah, we talk a lot about systems on this podcast, the three of us. And what we're finding as the season goes on, you look at a team lineup and you think it's that formation or it's that system. Hearts play several systems in a game. And a lot of the time they play yeah. three at the back and they play four at the back. And we'll discuss the Aberdeen game. And they've, they've done that a lot. It depends, and Ryan can, can kind of give us a, an expert's guide on, on kind of how that works. It depends where the ball is, uh, the state of the game, a lot of things. But it's a flexible enough system, Ryan, that, that Robbie has drawn up now, isn't it? That if it needs to be a three, it can be a three, depending on how the game's going. Or, as Laurie was saying, if it needs to start with a four, it could easily do that, but then quickly shift to either a three or a five.
3: Yeah, I think it's a really good system. Um, and I think it, like we've touched on before, we've brought players in that can adapt to that system and makes them a better players or makes them better players. Um, so it's it's a really good thing to have in terms of, you know, you're not having to make a sub to change the formations or you're not having somebody who looks like a fish out of water if they're playing at wing back instead of, you know, right centre back or the right back role. So it's just really good to watch sometimes because, you, you know, if you are under pressure for 10, 15 minutes, you can see the boys sort of saying, right, we'll drop back into a four or we'll drop into a five. And, but you still have that sort of, everybody knows what they're doing. It's not just off the cuff or under the, or under the cosh here, everyone get back. So it's, I, I, I do just think that, you know, it hasn't worked in the last couple of weeks that we've touched on, but when it does work like last night against Aberdeen, it's, it is actually a really, really good system. And um one that's, No doubt this season Been really successful
1: Yeah I think The big difference for me I I know we spoke about this And the one that Really pops into my head Was when I know you'd spoken to Robbie Before the game about this Mark And it was when we played Ross County away And he said he'd been working on Three um, With the ball And then a four Without the ball And I know we discussed it In depth actually On the podcast And I didn't like it In that game and uh, I had a look back at the team and I remember I didn't like on the right we had Barry Mackay as the as the kind of winger and it was Taylor Moore who was the one switching between right back and into centre back. And I, was that, I was that the two all game? The two all game and then the other two centre backs were Halkett and Suter and Kingsley was the one switching and um, he was the one who would drop into left back or play left wing back and I, I just felt it, it didn't really work and at that point I wasn't really a fan and I know I'm jumping more ahead to the Aberdeen game, but I think it works better with who we who we have in that in that team. And the same kind of players with Atkinson um being the one who drops into right back. He is a right back but he's a very attacking right sided player. He can play right wing back and he gets up the park very well. If anything, I would say Atkinson's strengths so far I've seen are attacking and less so defending. Not to say that mm. it's it's a major problem at this point, but I would say that's been his big strength. And Kingsley's the one who who plays that kind of left centre back and switches to left back. And I think he's fantastic at doing both of yeah. those things. So I think it works with who we're playing right now more so than it did when we look back at like that Ross County game and and you know, the jury's out on Taylor Moore generally. I, I think he's had some decent games for us, but I I think he struggled a bit with having to be that one switching so much and and covering those positions whereas I think we've got a bit more flexibility just now and I I thought the actual approach against St Mirren was a lot more a lot more aggressive and a bit more direct you know it wasn't we didn't suddenly play long ball purely but I thought we had a bit more purpose um, about the way we played a better tempo and we started the game on the front foot albeit there's a bit of a helping, not a helping hand because it's the right call, but 22nd minute, a big call in terms of the game, a red card for Connor Ronan for a foul on Benny Beningame. But you look back at the replay and Ryan there could easily be two red cards here. Yeah. I think there's actually yeah. two red card tackles there, which it's hard to actually see in when you're just watching the, the wide shot, uh, as I was on Hearts TV and I think you guys were as well. Hard to tell at first, but when you see the replay, I mean, it's two red card tackles, basically.
3: Yeah, I, when I originally thought I thought it was the first one that he got sent off for. I didn't work out that it was actually the the second boy that had done the tackle, but, but I think the first one's possibly even worse. Yeah. Um, because it just a, looks way... It's just high, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Late, the, the second one happens quite quickly. It's high, but he kind of stretches. It's very... Very quickly, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot of malice. I think it's a red card with yeah. with the current law, but it's it's kind it's of like a flash. Forceful, it? It's a flash, yeah. isn't it? He? he puts it out and he catches him. Whereas the first one, he does seem to leave that boot in a little bit, like he doesn't look like he's got any attempt to pull it away. Um, but it's a big call, and uh, obviously it help matters. But to be fair to St. Mirren, they dug in, Mark, and you you've got to give Robbie Nielsen some credit here because. But ten minutes into the second half, he makes a triple change: Sims, Janelli, and then Cochran all come on, and it did change the match because it could easily be one of these games where submit and just make it difficult for us. And you know, I thought Jack Anik was having a really good game and goals, but he changed things up quite early. He didn't let it, didn't let it go till ten or fifteen minutes left.
0: No, and you can talk about formations till you are blue in the face: three at the back, four at the back. Ultimately, whatever formation you're playing. As Stevie quite rightly was saying last week, we need a better tempo and we need to start well. Two things you've mentioned already a few minutes ago. And we got that. We we started well. Um, and when when he made the change, we could have been 3-0 up inside 15 minutes. It was just yeah. one of those days for Boyce. And, and no matter what happened, it just looked like he was, he was never going to score. And it, when Sims came on, it was an immediate threat. And, and, and you kind of think if that had been Sims instead of Boyce, we were probably two or three up, but he didn't take Boyce off. He played Sims with Boyce or one up, just one in behind and and, and credit to him for that. Cochrane, Janelli and, and Sims on. I was really hopeful when we signed Ben Woodburn, that we had something. The longer the season's gone on, I think it's a lost cause now. Mm-hmm. Gary McKay-Stevens kind of been reinvented as, as this left-sided at times wing back or left midfielder, and yeah, I'm still uh, to be totally convinced by that, but it's something uh, it gives us an attacking option if we want to play uh, a left back or a left wing back as Gary Mackay steven Taylor Moore's the other one. And, and, and as you rightly said, um, and he's on low and I'd be surprised if it... Because there was a spell when we kind of thought that Suter might be going in January that we a lot of us thought, well, Taylor Moore will just come in and, and play there. Yeah. And that, that's before he had one or two kind of we wee bit nervy moments. But when Robbie changed it, at St. Mirren, uh, I think, what was it, eight, nine minutes after the triple substitution that um, that we got the second yeah. goal. And it was, I never felt, and it's not often you can say this, and it'd be interesting to get your take as well, both of you. I never really felt worried in that game because we started well. I just felt we had that under control for the majority. And I thought we got the second goal at a good time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the first goal that comes uh, seven or eight minutes after the... The triple change. So, Barry McKay coming in from the left, cutting it into the or oh, the, the, the Sims. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, he's unlucky maybe to get the first one blocked, but he does really well to squeeze it in from the from the angle. And then, Hearts really took full control, and within three minutes, there was a second. And This is kind of classic Cammy Devlin. Wins it in his own half, drives forward. Uh, Benny Beningame picks up the ball, slips it to Sims. It's a good block by Jack Anik, who takes a sore one. Um, but there's Cammy Devlin to to oh, follow foul, up. Um, no, it's not a foul. It's not a foul. And Bedlam in the away end. And Ryan, this is, I think, what you spoke about is Cammy Devlin's strength. Is although he's a ball winner, he wants to drive forward, and that kind of that whole movement uh, sort of epitomised his game. Albeit he doesn't score many goals.
3: No, exactly. And I think the, the finish was good, but it was. Good because he didn't have time to think about it. I think this season he struggled with opportunities that he's maybe been slipped through, and he's thinking, "This is it, this is it, this is it," and he's waited that too long, or he's got too excited. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one had to hit it first time, had to make sure he got it on target, and um, like you said, that whole passage of play is exactly what he brings to the team. Is you know, getting around the pitch, winning tackles, but he doesn't just win it and play it sideways. Obviously, he does sometimes, but his main focus is then joining in and, and trying to get on you know, third-man runs or helping the strikers, and he got his just reward at the weekend, and I was absolutely
1: delighted for him. I was talking about bookings with someone, and I hadn't actually realised, and again, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, because he gets booked in the Aberdeen game, and he there was a yellow card tackle in the Aberdeen game. The one in the St. game frustrates me. It's one of these where a player gets booked on reputation, Um you know, Cammy Devlin gets grabbed by the throat and is booked. Which it annoys me. You've probably you've probably been on the end of these before, Ryan, where the referee basically there's a coming together, so the referee books both players regardless of 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 if one player's done much at all.
3: I don't want to go on about VAR, but that's possibly another red card if VAR sees that. Yeah. If you know we get it next season. You can't just go around grabbing people by the throat and like you said. If anything, he's just been the victim. And because he got his throat grabbed, then all of a sudden it's just like, well, he was involved, so he has to get a yellow. It's just, um, I, I don't know if they try and do that just to calm the whole situation down and so you don't have those incidents where there's 20 players in and around it. I know that refs and FIFA are trying to clamp down on you know everyone yeah. getting involved and and things like that. But at the same time, I think you just need to assess the situation and realize he's he's done very, very little to it. To warrant a yellow card
1: and the, the, and the concern here Mark is So six yellows get you a suspension Which he's served He's now had five more yellows So when you get to A second six You get a suspension but with an additional game mm-hmm, So it'd yep. be two games Now by my calculations <laughs> I probably should have Done some more double checking on this So you, it, it kicks in 14 days after so if he gets booked at the weekend against Dundee United, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going ahead. It's usually you guys who I get in trouble for doing this. If he gets booked against Dundee United on the 5th, that's his 6th yellow. So he'd then start a suspension on the 19th, which is Livingston at home. He'd then serve a suspension against Livingston and then Ross County, but would be available for the Hibs game. Is that correct? Well, having... <laughs> Am I putting you on the no, spot
0: here? I'm taking your word for it. I, I'll, given your day to day or week to week association with Scottish football, and how long since Ryan and I were were kind of there, I remember something of, of like a two game ban, but it can be one happens immediately. It might be in a red card. I don't know if it's to do with with this, and and the next one kicked in a certain number of days afterward. I don't know. The the bottom line is uh, there's no point in guessing. The bottom line is there's a lot to like about Cammy Devlin. And what he's brought to heart, he's been a breath of fresh air, and I'm just delighted he got his first goal. If there is a downside with him, it's his discipline. Now, there have been, as Ryan was quite rightly saying, there have been some yellows that it's like, that's harsh. But a lot of them, you, you kind of set your watch by, well, Devlin's not been booked yet. Well, don't worry, it's just around the corner. And there it is. I mean, he got booked in the Derby, didn't he? And that, honestly, yeah. that's the easiest money anyone could ever make. Cammy Devlin to be booked was seven to four. I mean, come on, that's printing money.
1: He gets booked so, almost every second game. He's had 24 <laughs> appearances for Hearts and he's had 11 bookings.
0: There, there you go. That's unacceptable. Cammy Devlin is no use to Hearts in the stand, right? Cammy Devlin is of use and a decent use. See, look... We all have our blips. We all have our kind of spells where we're of confidence or, or whatever. And Hearts have gone through that of, of late. And they've come out the other side. And we're all as one right now. There's a unified kind of score. Just seeing, I know we're running ahead to the Aberdeen game, but to see the celebrations, everyone celebrating with Suter and then everyone celebrating with Kingsley, it was brilliant. It is truly a team effort right now and Cammy Devlin's a big part of that team so the one thing and I, I don't know if it's Robbie's job certainly the coaching staff have kind of maybe got to say to him look you're no use in the stand to us and if they were to say to him what that you've just said to us that statistic of, of games played and and bookings but if you take that out yeah, we're not asking to take out his game but Ryan how is it possible to just toe the party line a little bit more without losing anything from his style of play?
3: million dollar question but i I don't know if it's a little bit down to experience so he's not really played a huge amount of games uh, uh, off the top of my head i don't know how many he played in the a league but it wouldn't be much more than 60 or 70 games so he's he's probably not even played a 100 game you know senior games yet so i think he'll just start to understand that you know he can't or when to sort of do those tackles that maybe borderline yellows and when just to possibly just leave it you know you don't need to get involved you don't need to to make that tackle i felt the one last night was needless um it was in a nothing area of the pitch and um you know he, he's also been taken off for a fair few games you know sort of the last 20 minutes that will probably start getting to him because he'll start realizing i'm not playing 90 minutes here because everyone's worried that i'm going to get sent off um so I I don't know I think Robbie would have probably spoken to him but it's also one of those ones where he probably makes more tackles or challenges or evolved around the ball than any other Hearts players so you know he does run that risk of if he is late he is going to get a yellow but it is definitely something that he's going to have to work on um, you know moving forward because like you said it's there's no point having him at Hearts if he's you know getting missing maybe sort of five six games a season due to suspension
1: if he gets two more yellow cards this season, mm-hmm. he will have the same amount of yellow cards as which teammate of yours, Ryan McGowan, in season 2011-2012? What was that, sorry? If, so, so. if Cammy Devlin gets two more yellow cards this season, he'll have the same amount of yellow cards that an ex-teammate of yours in 2011-2012 received for hearts. Blackie? <laughs> Yes. Ian Black in 2011-2012 got 13 yellow cards. And to be fair, he did also get two straight red cards. Um, So you you probably back, I say back as if it's an achievement, you'd probably back Camu Devlin to certainly pass his yellow card rate for, the, yeah. for, for this
0: season. By the way, the, the St. in midfield, Power, Gogic and Ronan, that's like... Trying to get into why not back in the day when steam and drunk and unable to start <laughs> up. That's that's the proper nightclub bouncers in there. Oh. Jesus Christ, Gogich in Power. It sounds like the world's worst law firm or the world's <laughs> best security firm. Gee, who are you Ooh. represented by? Oh, I'm here with Goggich and Power. Oh, all right. Oh well, Christ.
1: Not tonight, not tonight,
0: pal. <laughs> no, that's what I was like, and then Ro- and Ronan's the one that got sent off, but it, I think what we've what we've seen um, this season is this, and this isn't just from a Hearts perspective. I was speaking to a few boys that are some fans of different teams in the league. We all kind of agree the standard is 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 woeful um, of refereeing. And by the way, the standard of, of football is pretty low as well on a whole the the whole league. I mean, you you've got in in the table right now. From Livingston in fourth to Aberdeen in tenth, there's five points of a difference. There's going to be someone that misses out on the top six spot that's going to end up with probably seven or eight points more than a side that gets into the top six. Um, But Greg Aitken, I mean, he was the ref, I think, Laurie in charge of the ochenek Talbot game. He just doesn't strike me as someone that's ever in control properly of a game, and Nick Walsh is another who I think struggles and Stephen McLean last night I think he's I don't know if he's been out of action for a while or whatever I haven't seen his name mentioned but I thought he had a poor game as well just the standard all across the league is, is not good right now
1: On the subject of poor refereeing let's move on to Hearts against Aberdeen this midweek and we'll have a quick listen back to the big moments from that Guy Mckay Stephen curls into the box Headed away by Brown. Comes to Kami Devlin on the right. Dinks it back in the area. Headed one by Halkett. Half pit again. Suter volley. Into the
2: back of the net. Fine finish by John Suter. His second against Aberdeen this season. He just rockets the volley through a ruck of players. And it nestles in the back of
1: the net. Joe Lewis helpless. of to Midlothian one. Aberdeen nil.
0: We know he can strike a ball. We've seen that a number of times when he goes right to left from defensive areas. But
1: he's caught that beautifully. That is a wonderful volley. Lovely technique. Curled into the area. Headed towards goal. 2-0 high. Simple as that. Stephen Kingsley, bullet header from a Barry
2: Mackay corner. And it's goal number five of the season for the Hearts defender. And it's Heart to Midlothian 2, Aberdeen 0 on the hour
1: mark. So, Hearts continue their return to winning ways with another 2 0 victory. But taking things back to the starting 11. No real surprise, Mark, that just one change from the side that defeated St Mirren, and probably no real surprise that the change was Woodburn dropping out and Ellis Sims coming in.
0: No, I did my usual. I went on to the I, – I wait for the Hearts Twitter account to, uh, to post the – the post of the lineup and then I see how many negative comments there were. It'd be interesting to see how many of them actually delete their posts if hearts win a game that they've been critical of. But there were loads. And I actually went through there was a I had a look on Facebook as well and they were still giving Robbie jip after two 2-0 wins. But let's not let's not deal with that. Let's answer the question you asked me. Boyce and Sims one up one off like it. Mackay, like it. I don't know what he's got to do to score. And 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 Mackay-Steven. So, uh, Mackay-Steven's kind of... I think we know now. He got 76 minutes last night. We, we kind of know we're getting between 55 and 75 or so minutes for, from Gary Mackay-Steven. Um, is he the best option there? I think it depends on the game because this is a week where Andy Halliday signed signed a, a, a new two-year contract. Andy is a squad player. So, you could play him there. But I think... Taking the kind of hypocritical cloak off and referencing it, that we at times will say, well, wait a minute here, you've got Halliday, Binghamie, and Devlin, and Kingsley, and Halkett, and Souton, and Atkinson, and Harring, or whatever. That's like eight defensive players. We're at home against a side we're expected to beat, given where they are in the table, in front of a decent crowd, and we're going to have a lot of the ball. That for me is not an Andy Halliday game. That's a Gary McKay-Steven game or someone like a Josh Ginelli or whoever. So I liked the team. And you can always tell when the negativity on the Hearts Twitter account when they post the lineup isn't as much, that's another way of saying the majority of Hearts fans might be in agreement with Mr. Nielsen.
1: And to be fair, I, I thought Gary McKay-Steven had a decent game. Yeah. Um, I, think I didn't it, think it was
0: a failure, Laurie. I thought they were excellent.
1: Yeah, I mean, All it's his them. 50th appearance and, you know, if you're brutally honest, out of those fifties, there's been more games where you've been disappointed with Gary McKay-Steven than you've been pleased with him. But I think sometimes that kind of clouds people's judgment. So even when they have a good game, people kind of overlook that. Whereas I actually thought he, he contributed quite well and he looks a little bit more on his game, a little bit more direct, posing a threat. He should have done better with an early chance that he kind of sliced past the posts in just the fifth minute. Um, it was a lovely moment when Liam Boyce absolutely brushed past Scott Brown, little step over. I think uh, uh, it's been doing the rounds, a little clip from the Hearts TikTok account with uh, Boyce's mm. step over and going past Scott Brown. And it's very pleasing to see, and now don't get me wrong, Scott Brown, I think when he does retire, is not going to think back to the time that he got run ragged at Tynecastle. He's won plenty of trophies. He's had a great career. Let's not pretend that didn't happen. There is a very pleasing element to watching him um, starting to look his 36 years is in there.
0: Especially when he's had that much success at Tyne Castle with opposition teams and has got it right up us. And I have no issues whatsoever with him doing that as someone who actually grew up as a, uh, as a Rangers fan. Yeah. And I know that because I used to work with uh, his best pal at Radio 4th um, and he Just when he signed for Hibs, he just didn't like hearts. It's, it's the rivals we, we've spoken a lot about Scott Brown before, like a similar Stephen Naismith. When he's in your team, you're happy because he defends the, the life out of them. Um, but when he's not, you, you, you hate to, to go up against them and see him do well. He didn't do well. I thought we he was booked and uh, and he didn't last. What was it? When when did he get subbed? Like 70 60, 70 odd yeah, minutes?
1: 60, 60 minutes to go or something. Yeah.
0: There you go. And and yeah, I think he made the most of that. I, they have got some decent threats. Um they've got the young lad they signed from um, from Den Haag, um, the Dutch kid, Basuia, who was outstanding against Dundee United in in the draw. Um, funnily enough, <laughs> I was commentating yesterday on a, a Spanish semi-final um, with my colleague who is an MLS commentator or an MLS analyst, and he, he kind of, hearts kicked off at 2:45 here, and uh, our game didn't kick off till 3:30. So we watched the first half at Tancastle together, and he's like, "Makai Steven, is that the same guy at NYCFC?" I said, "Yeah." so we watched him, and he's like, "Ramirez, he was decent in, in MLS." So they have, they have one or two decent – in fact, they've got quite a few decent players, but they're just – they're not performing right now. And Scott Brown – We've been there. We've
1: been there. <laughs> of,
0: of course. Of course. And I'm not saying they're in a false position because I haven't seen enough of them. I don't think there's much at all between Livingston, Hebs, Dundee, United, Motherwell, Ross County, St. Mirren, and Aberdeen. And by the way, at times there hasn't been much difference between the performances that Hearts have put in and the rest of them. But we've been more consistent – than they have consistently inconsistent. And that's why we're sat in a nice position over them. It wasn't Scott Brown's day, but you know what? It was Hart's day. And I'd rather, on a Hart's podcast, focus <laughs> on our successes than Scott Brown.
1: Oh, why not? Why not? Uh, before we get to, you know, you know I think Hart started very well. Ellis Sims had a header just over from a Kingsley cross. Kingsley threaded a ball through to Boyce, which uh, drew a big block from David Bates. Uh, before the goal, though, Ryan, there was... There was one where I think you messaged um, messaged our WhatsApp group and said, we got away with one there. And I, I'll be honest, I, <laughs> I I couldn't work out during commentary, so I, I threw it back to, to Rob Borthwick and Gary Wales in the studio. And, and they couldn't really make a, 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 a kind of confirmed decision on this either. Aberdeen had a free kick on the left, floated into the box. Declan Gallagher wins a header, and it, it does kind of roll into the bottom corner of the net, albeit the whistle had gone I wasn't quite sure what they'd given the foul against Aberdeen for, though.
3: Yeah, because originally I thought it was for offside. I yeah, think that's
1: what. I what, and I looked did. at the near side, but there was definitely yeah. a flag
3: up. And then when you seen the replay, you seen that it was definitely onside. And then I just didn't see that it was. I could see why the refs given it because he's he does have his arm up, which stops whoever was marking him from jumping. But is it? Is it like? Is, is it, it like
1: Halkett before? Um, it's the
0: player who scored it, because I was when I got home I watched the highlights and they had an ISO on the referee indicating that there was pushing on the shoulder and it's of the player who scores who, if he's nearest Halkett, then then that's who he's it's soft. If it was against us, you're pissed off.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's what I totally agree with. That's what I said in the chat. I just think that if you're an Aberdeen fan or I think like what Jim Goodwin said, you're scratching your head at why that goal wasn't given, um, which, which would have probably changed the game. But at the same time, I thought Hearts were just excellent last night. Mm-hmm. I thought that's exactly the, the type of performance that every Hearts fan would have went away being like, that's why we want to play every week. Um, I just thought it was a really, really good performance. And you, couldn't, you couldn't fault any of the players, I don't think, last night in terms of commitment. You know, the atmosphere was great. Good travelling away support. Um, it was just a really intense game. And as bad as the referee was, I do think it was quite a tricky game for him because there was tackles flying in. It was like a, almost a sort of old-school semifinal or quarterfinal feel to it in terms of there was a lot riding on that game and, and all the players were right up for it. So it was a, a very entertaining watch, which makes a change from last week's podcast anyway, put it that way.
0: And Gotti Wales, by the way, in the studio, A, looks like he can still play, B, has <laughs> aged very well, 43 you know, he's meant to be. That exact, I was like, come on, this is Benjamin Button here. This is the Gary Wales that ended up going on tour to Singapore with North Queensland Fury in May 2009 when Robbie Fowler was over there and he was recommended by Dave McPherson. So it kind of has gone off the radar. And when you messaged and said, Gary Wales is in the studio, I, I honestly, when Wales when and Kirk were at were Tynecastle, at I always kind of thought, who's the better finisher between the two of them? Because Wales, Wales was really good at Hamilton when he started his career. And it's great to see him back. And, and uh, clearly he was pretty happy with what he saw at Tyncastle Castle last night.
1: Have you been on Gary Wales's Wikipedia page?
0: No, but there was an article from S- Tribal Football, an Aussie website, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About North Queensland Fury. Uh, no, I can go on his uh, go, on it,
1: go, go on go on Gary Wales' Wikipedia page.
0: Uh, okay, right. And what am I looking for?
1: Just, just go on it. You just have a read of his I'm profile. On I'm on it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gary, we- Gary
0: Wales? Gary is a Scottish former professional footballer. Can can we say this next week on air? Well, it says up. on his
1: Wikipedia page, and oh, it's, come on, it I, says I can go on. Now he's just smashing say? grannies in his free time. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Exactly <laughs> what I thought earlier today when I went on his page.
3: There's there? your podcast title: Smashing, Smashing Grannies.
1: what oh, no, oh, no.
0: Whoa. Can,
1: can, I Whoa. I mean, what? I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm, I,
0: I'm scared to type in Gary Wales and Grannies into Google because this I mean, is a work computer. Yeah, is there a video? Is there a trouble. video
3: that we've not seen or something? Is there a this story we want to
0: see it? I mean, that, no, I don't why
1: I don't know what? I don't know I mean I hadn't seen it before maybe I could have asked him last night if I'd seen his Wikipedia before <laughs> he was... no,
0: you wouldn't ask him what's this about you and grandmothers that's not the first <laughs> hi Gary I've not seen you for a while Paul what have you been up to well
1: <laughs> I don't just, I, mean, I, I mean I know I, I mean if someone had edited Wayne Rooney's profile to say that I maybe could have understood but I don't know I don't know uh, maybe there's wow. is there a, a a rumor or a silly story in the past that has caused that? <laughs> I'm not sure, but there you go. Uh, the word, his Wikipedia we, might have that, been changed that, at some point. It might be changed at some point. But if you're listening to this, you can go and have a look. And yeah. there you go. How, but he, how do we segue was,
0: from that to this?
1: Okay, well let's get back to the football because from smashing grannies to smashing goals in uh, <laughs> bad. 38th bad. minute. A free kick from the left for Hearts, <laughs> half cleared, and John Souter uh, sends a rocket through a ruck of bodies into the back of the net for his fourth of the season. And one thing you have to say about John Souter, Ryan McGowan, is despite his, his pre-contract with Rangers and obviously getting a lot of stick, he's been one of Hart's best players since signing that pre-contract.
3: Oh, I think he's just been exceptional. I think the way he's handled it, the way that he's dealt with the pressure, um, you know, it's everyone says just put the performances in and ignore the rest. But, you know, that's exactly what he's done. And he scores a great goal last night, but I thought his all-around play was terrific. You know, he's, those passes that he finds into the 10s or to the strikers, it just seems to, like, split the whole game open. Or, you know, that that is why Rangers have, have signed him. That's why there was clubs down south looking for him because... He's just got everything. he's a complete package at the moment. He's riding high on confidence and um, you know at, we were debating at, at certain points that Hearts just better off selling him in January and and taking a you know a cut price just to get him off the books. but you know it's smart money from from hearts and keeping him because you know he could be the difference between well, we'd like to think we'll get third wrapped up, but you know cu- cu- quarterfinal coming up soon, semifinals. You know he's going to be a, a very important part, a very important player between now and the end of the season. That's for sure.
0: Hearts have been vindicated by not yep. taking money. Now it might have been different if Craig Halkett <laughs> hadn't been injured and, and missed six or so weeks. Yeah, we'll never know. Robbie was adamant, not just this transfer window, by the way, because there was a bid that came in from Stoke last summer, and they they turned that down because they 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 felt it wasn't worth what Suter could be worth to Hearts. And the irony is that Suter's performances right now, by staying with Hearts, could help us secure third. We might have done it if we are to do it. We might have done it without him if he'd been sold. But if you know that you're going to be playing group stage football, (laughs) whether it is the Europa League or whether it's the Conference League, did you not say, Laurie, someone like 2.7 million guaranteed just for being there?
1: It's yeah, it's a hefty fee. It's certainly over two and a half, and that's before so you, could, you take yeah, into yeah. account um, gate money and TV money, exactly, and, and money that you get for each point that you earn as well. Yeah. Yep. So you yep. can
0: easily buy a, or no, I easily buy a replacement because that he'll be tough to he'll he'll be tough to replace. But I'm I'm glad the nonsense of the first game after it was announced he was going to Rangers has has subsided. I hoped it would, and it has, as we expected. I wonder if there was one person inside Tyne la- last night that refused to celebrate because Suter scored. Nah, there'll, surely be
1: someone. Not. there'll be someone. No, he's, he's, surely he's, not. he's got a fair eye for goal just now. By goal. the way, that's a good finish, isn't it? Oh, it's a cracking finish, but he got four goals <laughs> this season. So before this season, in six seasons, he'd only scored twice for Hearts. He's got four really? this campaign. Yeah. See, the <laughs> weird thing is,
0: he's played in a four before with Halk and looked shaky, but now they look good.
1: I think mm-hmm. I think those three are are so important for Hearts: Halkett, Suter and Kingsley. Especially when they're they're playing together. I mean, I think we'll, we can move on to we can move on to Kingsley as well because he he scores the header, which is an absolutely fantastic leap. But I mean, that's just that's just one small part of his game. Just his o- his his overall game. He's, he he put the cross in for Sims, a lovely cross. that Sims could have scored from. He threaded a lovely ball to Boyce in the first half. He's just got so much to his game. He had it's a like, great
3: tackle in the first half. Oh yeah, when World. when Beningame yeah.
1: gave it away, he covered you know, his, his awareness, his tackling, his ability in the air, he's got some leap on him, his set-piece delivery. He's just such an all-round fantastic player. And I know some people are saying, well, how's he going to get in the Scotland team? Because obviously you've got Andy Robertson, you've got Tierney, you've got Hickey coming through. You, but play him as a left back, you play him as a
0: left-back, you play him as a centre-back.
1: Exactly, I was going to say, if you're playing him as centre-back, that's not a position where we've maybe got a plethora of options. But He's just so good. I, I'm, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm so impressed that we managed to not only sign him, but actually get him a new deal. I I, I have to admit, I didn't think we'd manage to keep him the way uh, he's been playing. Rangers
0: got him on a free. Got him on a free. On free. Yep. Not many others wanted him. When we were Rangers, in the championship. Rangers were, yeah, Rangers were sniffing, by the way. Rangers looked at him. He is close friends with Ross Wilson at Rangers. They know each other from their days at Falkirk. And that was something that was discussed, I'm led to believe, at Ibrox. Now, it might have been a down-the-road thing if he wasn't kind of going to sign a new deal or, or whatever. Maybe they couldn't give him guarantees. When Harts when came in and offered him the, the contract extension, then his mind was made up. He's been huge. And, and to know that if we were within 30 yards, pretty much central or left or right of centre, You've got another goal threat. It's mm-hmm. it's like uh it's like not having a penalty outside the box, but you've got a right good chance. And it's funny. Give me a free kick twenty-five or thirty yards out rather than twenty yards out for Stephen Kingsley. I think he's more lethal from further out.
1: Yeah, yeah Time to well, not time I should say, but space to get up and over. Yep. Because um, he can get the pace and the accuracy. It's just sometimes, yeah. If you're if you're closer in, it's Trickier to get the the dip, isn't it? If you've not got the distance. But you've got to mention as well Barry Mackay because I think the 60th minute probably summed up Barry Mackay at hearts because he had a chance to score, which obviously he didn't. It was saved by Joe Lewis. But then he sets one up from the corner kick. And I noticed Joel Sked uh, posted on Twitter just just last night at the time of recording, saying Barry McKay now has uh, second highest assists in the Premiership, third highest key passes per match, and second highest uh, big chances created. And away from his creative threat, he's apparently got the fourth, the um, fourth highest in the league for possessions won in the final third. And I know we've waxed lyrical about Barry McKay before, but he's just such an important player as well, isn't he?
3: Yeah, he's very good. He's a proper Rolls Royce player, isn't he? That's another player that you like. How did Hearts end up with him? <laughs> um, which is credit again to Savage and Robbie for for bringing these players in and and giving them the platform and the confidence to go out and do what everyone kind of knew that they, they that they could do. But you know, to then reach those heights is is massive credit to them. But yeah, like you said, what you know, he's not scored, but what he brings to the team and. He's just such a danger. And, and that's what's good about Hearts when they do play well is like we've got so many dangerous players in and around the pitch. But at the same time, we're not one of those teams that can't roll our sleeves up and put yeah. the tackles in and, and win the battle. So it's, it's just a really good balance. And um, yeah. Now that Cammy scored, I think he's the next one, isn't it? Once he scores, um, <laughs> I think it'll be a, a massive... Well, you've got him for first goal scorer, haven't you? So surely one of these <laughs> one Every of these week. weeks he's going to score. Hopefully, it's <laughs> a cup final.
1: So another moment to discuss. And now I, I'm going to own. I'm going to own a poor a poor minute or two here. I'm going to blame Jimmy for one part of this. I'm going to and I'll I'll take the blame for the second part. I've a quick listen back here to around the 69th and 70th minute from Tyne Castle. Ferguson goes oh. down, oh he's given a penalty Yeah, it was a dangly leg the leg out by Atkinson and Aberdeen have a penalty it was a dangly left leg from Nathaniel Atkinson and away back into the
2: game no too sure he needed to put any foot out there it was certainly dangly and I know a number of strikers who would love to go over a leg like that in the box
1: it was Ferguson who won it and it'll be Ferguson to take it just see the replay now you have to see it as a pen it's very careless from Atkinson, I'm not sure how much contact there is but he puts that leg out, runs the risk Lewis Ferguson referee's in perfect position in front of the Roseburn stand with a chance to get Aberdeen back into the game from 12 yards Ferguson scored last time the sides met at Petaudry what can he do from the spot against Craig Gordon? Ferguson steps up. Saved by the goalkeeper! It's a terrible penalty from Ferguson. It's an easy save from Gordon. It wasn't a good penalty by Ferguson. Well, listen, you're, you're right, it's not a good penalty. But I mean, if Craig Gordon goes the other way, you know, I mean, there's, there's no qualms about it. I mean, he... OK. So, yeah, Lewis Ferguson picks up left side of the box. A little shimmy away from Nathaniel Atkinson and goes down, gets a penalty. Um... In terms of that part, I really wasn't convinced it was a penalty, but Mr. Jimmy Sanderson was was very certain it was a a dangly leg, and it was a penalty kick. So he he um, influenced me there. And the second part, uh, the penalty, which I referred to as a a terrible penalty and an easy save for Craig Gordon. So let me, I'll I'll let one of you, I'll let one of you critique the first part. and I'm owning it, okay? I'm owning it, I'm owning it. Well, Jimmy can take the first part and I'll take the blame for the second part. Okay, Ryan, first part with the penalty kick. Um, how do we get that one so badly wrong in commentary? <laughs> well, to
3: be fair, when I first seen it, I thought penalty as well. It's not until it slows down because it, he, Atkinson does sort of half put his leg out yeah, and then yeah. he goes down. At this, if you want to word it, right, it's a good dive in terms of it definitely looks Robbie like Wilson one. As, as soon as you slow it down and look at it, you can see that he's dived, but it's not an obvious one at the time. Um, but yeah, when, when I first seen it, I thought, yeah, as soon as he gave it, I thought, yeah, that, that is a penalty. And then once you see the the replays, you're like, oh my God. And he was actually in a really good position to see it.
1: Yeah, the ref, to be fair, the ref isn't a very good position. Uh, he did give the penalty though. Lewis Ferguson stepped up and... Uh, uh, is, has Craig Gordon given me? Is he? Is he made things look too easy, Mark? Is is that a viable excuse for me here by calling it an easy save?
0: Are you asking for a spade to dig you out this hole?
1: I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> trying desperately. I'm trying <laughs> desperately.
0: No, magnanimous. You admit you, you got it wrong, Craig Gordon. Uh, it's been plastered all over our social media today, and I just watched it on loop. Uh, Lewis Ferguson had never missed before. He was eleven from eleven.
1: Did you have that in your commentary? I didn't, know. So I'm just, no. oh, just let's, just let's just pile on me. Why not? Yeah, Jesus.
0: <laughs>
3: we
1: should it's have a played bit, huh?
0: It's a super save because Craig's a big lad. Craig's tall. And to get down there, that's about good footwork. Uh, that, that's about doing everything perfectly. And he has an ability. And th- this is why top goalkeepers are top goalkeepers. And Ryan will have played in front of, of several of them. A lot of it is to do with experience based on position. And they can make saves look a lot easier than other goalkeepers. Now, why is that? Well, it's anticipatory. It's You've got to guess. Like There wasn't really anything unless Craig, and knowing Craig like I do, I'm sure he would have done his homework um, on Lewis Ferguson, unlike uh, you or I, because I don't know what Lewis Ferguson's last penalties have been like. But he might have identified something in Lewis Ferguson's penalties that he strikes them hard and puts them in a corner. Now, if that is a trend of Lewis Ferguson, you've got to pick a side because he could easily change his mind. But that wasn't that bad a penalty. That was well struck. And I've seen penalties like that scored before when goalkeepers have gone that way. So Mm -hmm. Craig's made that look really easy. His footwork is exceptional. And the, the thing that would have been... Not just the icing on the cake, but the cherry on the icing on the cake would have been how quick Craig was to not just get up and take the acclaim, yeah, but to find a teammate. If hearts had scored from that, there would have been um spontaneous combustion in Gorgie if that had ended up in the back <laughs> I, of
1: the net. I did quite like Cammy Devon was trying to run over to him to embrace him, but he was already <laughs> throwing the ball out <laughs> yeah. start
3: before Cammy even got to him, he flew it, he'd uh, already thrown it out. So even that, <laughs> even the even there's no doubt that he's thinking I'm going to save this and going to spring a counter attack on it because like it's probably two seconds from him actually catching the ball, he gets up and throws a very good throw, which sets us off to a counter attack. And it's just, he's, he's been so good. And I think he even came out last night and said it was such a key moment of the game, because if you felt, yeah. if they scored that penalty, it's maybe 20 minutes to go, they get a big buzz. And all of a sudden, Timecastle Castle would have got a little bit quiet and it would have been a bit like mm, how is this last 20 minutes going to go, so it was um, as soon as he saved that, it, it made the game a lot more comfortable and you could only really see Hearts scoring
1: more, to be honest Right, before we go, let's have a look ahead to this weekend's match as Hearts travel to Tanadice to play one of Ryan McGowan's many, many former teams, <laughs> one of the teams he's Hand it, it's helped down a division in the past, um, which wow. we've never we've never wow. mentioned before. Dungeon United against Hearts. And it's it's a really interesting league table from from fourth <laughs> down to 10th. It's one of these things I couldn't believe when I looked at the league table after the game and I was like, Livingston are fourth. <laughs> right. How did that happen? Because Livingston are on 37 points in fourth, and Aberdeen are in 10th position on 32. Two points, so the league's kind of divided into the top two, third, and then there's also the bottom two. But in the middle, fourth to tenth, it's the battle for European football top six slash avoiding getting dragged into a relegation playoff battle. Uh, it's it's crazy how competitive is how competitive it is in the middle.
0: Yeah, and it's much of a largeness between everybody on the day. Everyone can kind can... of beat everyone else in, in, in that area. On the day, I'm sure we've seen Dundee winning at Tynecastle. But you, you, you win the game, potentially you're more than 12 points clear. You lose the game, but you know that Dundee United can't get any closer than 11 points. And you see the fixtures at the weekend. Hempstead have got St. Johnston, who are fighting for their lives. Muller have got Dundee, who are fighting for their lives. Rangers have got Aberdeen, Dundee United Hearts. Ross County, you've got St. Mirren, and and what a job Malky Mackay's done of late with uh, with Ross County to get them challenging for the top six as well. So it's a fixture we, we've had mixed fortunes up at Tandis. There's been some good, some bad, and some some ugly. But I don't find I don't have anything to fear uh, for, from this uh, from this trip to Tayside, especially given earlier this season. I thought we were uh, we were exceptional.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, United have got two and...
0: scored a second, didn't he?
1: He did. Yes. Almost a blast from the past, it feels like. (laughs) Two wins in 15 league games for United. However, in their last three at home, they have recorded two of those wins against County and against Motherwell. And they also drew with Rangers last time at Tanadice. And it's one of these fixtures, though, Ryan, I kind of look at now. And the fact that we've got a bit of a cushion and the fact that all these teams like Dundee United points not really much good for them in that battle. All these teams will be looking for wins, and in some ways I think that suits this Hearts team just now.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, and again, I think it will suit Hearts because we'll take a good following up there. They'll have a good following, and it will be a good atmosphere, and I think that's when Hearts play their best. Yeah, I, I do think it will work in Hearts' favour, because I feel like sometimes Hearts is a good sort of counteractive team, but they are very dangerous on the counterattack and, and sometimes you can sort of suck those teams in and, and then catch them on the break, but I fully expect Hearts to go there and, and win at the weekend, that's for sure.
1: Well, let's go for some predictions then. Mark, what do you reckon? A score and a goal scorer. Why not? Okay. I'll
0: go 1-0 hearts with okay. the goal scored by. I want to say Liam Boyce. I really do. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play safe and go Ellis Sims.
1: Okay. Okay. I mean, it's interesting. You mentioned Liam Boyce. He's on his longest drought of the season. It's now seven games, but yeah, his his finishing at the moment needs to be better, but I think he's contributing quite a bit. He had a good game against Aberdeen. He did.
0: Um, uh, Boyce or or Sims? sorry.
1: Boyce, sorry. I'm saying he's on on his longest drought in terms of, of goals of the season, but I think with Sims you... in there, there's a little less pressure on him. Yeah, but you know what I, I
0: really admire about Liam Boyce—he doesn't hide if he misses a chance. He wants, he's happy to do it again. He he brushes things off pretty quickly, and he could easily have had a hat trick against St Mirren in the early stages. He, he ended up with nothing, but he kept going. He kept plugging away. He never hid. As a teammate, Ryan, look, things will go your way. Things will go against you but if you know you've got someone in your team and it might not be going for him but he keeps trying he's got to be worth his weight in gold
3: yeah I think so I think so I think he's he's arguably not had a bad game since he's come in has he really
1: well I don't know if I go that far but I think wait a minute are we we confusing boys and sims here
3: sorry I thought you said sims there sorry (laughs)
1: <laughs> Jesus, I'm not editing that. Out. You can, you can edit, edit that out. Sorry. No, I'm not editing that. You, neither of you are paying attention. I was. We were. Uh, right. It doesn't matter. And um, doesn't matter. Ryan, you give us a scoreline and a scorer.
3: I'm going to go two 0 hearts. Sims and, Sims. Yeah, no. Sims and McKay.
1: Giving us both scorers. We've just got to keep throwing Barry Mackay in there, don't we? I'm gonna go. You no, know, I'm gonna go three 0 Hearts. Why don't do hell? that? I hate,
0: when you got above two, you went four 0 against Dundee. <laughs> should be allowed to go more than two, more than two. There's only so much optimism we we should be allowed as Heart of Midlothian fans.
1: No, know- I like I like it. I like it. I like it. And do I can I say just keep saying Barry Mackay? Why not? Barry McKay again. D- the week t-
0: that you don't see him is the week that he scores. Okay. So don't well, say him. Don't say him. Okay. Say someone take, else. I
1: take it back. 3-0. Okay. Barry McKay will definitely, definitely, 100% not score a goal. He'll probably set three up, but he won't score. <laughs> um, who's going to score? Mm, let's have a... I'm I'm. I'm going to try and go something less obvious. Gary McKay-Steven is going to get a goal. There we go. Gary McKay-Steven will a get club. a goal. Against his former club, Hearts, will win three 0
2: Do Why I remember
0: in
1: that first game he played really well
0: when we won two 0 up there? I'm sure he played.
1: He won a penalty. penalty. Won the first. Uh, won time. a penalty which yeah. Boyce scored from the rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's for it. So a big game. Uh, before we go, just a quick couple of things to to mention. First of all, I know we we touched on it briefly before, but I thought it'd be good to mention again the effort from. From all the Hearts fans, there are a lot of Hearts fans collectively, but mainly uh, Rab Lockhart, Liam Anderson. Uh, there was also Liam Corbett and uh, the guys from the This Is My Story podcast who helped raise, it ended up being £7,500 really? uh, that they raised, that Hearts fans contributed to. The club then matched that, so about £15,000 went towards getting tickets for people who otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford to go to the Hearts game. So from now until the end of the season, there's more than 100 fans will get to go to every game at home. So there was more than 100 fans at the Aberdeen game. Um, Thanks to the efforts of these guys and all the Hearts fans who contributed, um, they also got uh, some scarves, uh, strips and such like. And there were some lovely posts from some of the school kids, which Hearts shared as well, just thanking everyone for contributing and saying their favourite bit about the game. And I think that's, I think that's wonderful to see um, the efforts of the hearts fans. And that's, that's what you want is, you know, from a hearts perspective, it's all these younger fans who'll grow up, maybe people who are marginal, who'll grow up to be hearts fans long-term. But the main thing is just giving all these folk a, a nice day out, especially when people have been struggling recently.
0: Brilliant. And, and the one that hearts retweeted was from roomhouse primary school. Uh, the boys and girls that were there last night thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> it. Would, I would have loved to see that video of hearts that got pumped last night. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you Imagine these eight-year-old kids. <laughs> what a shite. I'm not going back. My favourite like, part
1: was <laughs> booing at half-time and full-time.
0: <laughs> Everyone was so angry at the game. I'm not going back. <laughs> maybe
3: they,
1: is maybe they would have enjoyed like. that.
0: Oh, but the, yeah, the thing is, they'll think if, if they haven't seen Hearts before on TV, I'm sure a lot of them would have done, or mum and dad's would have done. But and, it's they, it's funny. They, 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 they go to the, the, the next game, and and the, they, they expect that level of intensity and quality every single week, and they quickly realise this isn't what being a Hearts supporter is all about.
1: But we see, when you're a kid, you don't, I mean, I certainly what I remember is you don't understand people being negative about your team. No! And I remember honestly, that, it's funny because we had Gary Wales on and one of the clips uh, where that we had of Gary Wales was him scoring at Pataudry and I remember I was at that game and I remember there was a guy next to me and my dad who kept shouting abuse and saying that Gary Wales was shit and I kept, I kept looking at my dad like why is he not, why is he shouting abuse at our player? And then Gary Wales scored and I can't remember what I said exactly but I remember I turned to him and went he's not that bad is he? And the guy looked really annoyed at me like for being a smart arse but also for I seemed annoyed that Gary had just scored, but yeah, it's it's when you're a kid, you don't get the whole. Why would you be angry at your own team? They're your players. But um, yeah, it was a wonderful effort, and I thought it was also very touching the um, the uh, the tribute to Alan oh, Anderson yeah. as well, who obviously oh, very sadly sadly passed away, and he's not someone that sadly I didn't get a chance to meet him myself, but lots of people I know met him. Jimmy was talking about him before. Um, we were on air and on air. Just a lovely guy, a really big hearts fan, someone who played uh, almost 500 competitive games for the club. A proper centre back is what people call them, a centre half. They would have said back in the day, and a, a nice tribute and his his family were in attendance, including his wife, Annette. So I thought it was good to to see a tribute paid to someone who was a, a heart's legend as well.
0: Yeah. And you know, in in Facebook, you get memories of of certain things that have happened on this day, many years ago, a Facebook memory popped up yesterday, that it was the, uh, the anniversary of of Dave McKay's death as well. So both Alan Mm -hmm. and Dave taken from us, sadly on, on the 2nd of, of, of March, both wonderful servants, um, to the football club and and both wonderful men and lucky enough to to attend um, a lot of the early Heart of Midlothian Hall of Fame um, dinners and ceremonies and, and, and meet these gentlemen. And I know that Alan went to games a lot in corporate hospitality. Jimmy Sanderson said some nice stuff last night about Alan as well. And they were so humble. And despite what they had achieved, Dave McKay, Alan Anderson, all these games for for Hearts, Dave going on to to Spurs and Derby and playing for Scotland on all these occasions, it, it, they they were just as interested in you, and it wasn't this kind of pompous individuals. Um, they were just so humble, and we can learn a lot from from players of of that ilk. Um, so unfortunately, they're both no longer with us, and for for Alan Anderson. We're losing a lot. Sadly, we're getting to that kind of the older we get, the less legends are, are around us, um, sadly. So just if, just make the most of them. And I know Alan Anderson was, was part of the football memories that, that met at Tyne Castle as well, which is a wonderful scheme whereby those that are affected by Alzheimer's and various other um, kind of diseases that affect the mind can reminisce about things that happened many mm-hmm. years ago, and it, it can trigger it can trigger memories and we, we all have issues sometimes with short-term memory, but sometimes you just remember things you did in the past. It might have been ages ago, but certain things trigger that. And that's what football memories did. And Alan Anderson was was a big component um, of that as well. So uh, unfortunately, no longer with us and um, rest in peace, sir.
1: Indeed. Very well said. We will be back on Scarves Around the Funnel next week. To discuss Dundee United against Hearts and congratulations on your house, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, you want a house? I won, I won, a, won a house a in the competition.
0: Yeah, in, 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 in a raffle. I think uh, I think with the tangents that we maybe don't go on as much these days, we should have an any other other business at the end and our preamble before <laughs> this podcast before we came on here. Yeah, I didn't uh-huh. know you're like because I knew you were trying to get get rid of your house, sell your house that where you are, and you're like, yeah, I want a house, which got me thinking. <laughs> Got me thinking. Any other business, you're allowed as many tangents as you want. Oh, uh, come
1: you... on. People just want to, want to go with no, this No, you don't. Point. No,
0: I'm, nearly I'm, nearly <sighs> I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. Nearly done. Wednesday, <laughs> 10th of November, 1982. Hearts played Rangers. <laughs> what? Okay. Listen, listen. There's a story. Hearts <laughs> played Rangers, listen. League Cup, semi-final, second leg. Uh-huh. Wallace Mercer had done a deal with the match sponsor, Miller Holmes. There was a raffle in the program. If you bought a copy of the program, you could win a free £35,000 Miller home and a Ford Sierra. So maybe someone in your family entered that in 1982, and now finally you've received notification. You have won a house. Okay. Oh, come on. What about the tumbleweed? Give me something.
1: Okay. I mean,
3: amazing. It's great.
0: That's fantastic don't you don't start I wish Go I was on. at the game then I'm <laughs> you weren't bored honestly to the youth of today that was a story back in the day
1: you could win a house
0: by buying a football uh, program
1: okay um, and does, so did someone win the house
0: they must right okay if you, if you won the win.
1: house if you won a 35,000 if you remember pounder, it if you won the I house own own or, own or the Ford Sierra, please get in touch you, did, you that scarves through the funnel yes, did you
0: buy a program did you buy a program We've we'll not get done you on the program. Forever. Did you buy a program? And even better, did you win that house? Or was it Laurie that ultimately, forty years later, but <laughs> notification God, that I bloody because wish no one I won wish the it house. Was Thirty-five grand to tell you that. Jeez, man. Anyway, detached. There you about Anyway, I mean, if, that if, for any other business in a tangent.
1: If, if anyone, you know still who won thing? the house.
0: Do you know who won that house?
1: If anyone's still listening, uh, thanks for putting up with the last two minutes and we'll be back sure. next week. Uh Goodbye. Father wears his Sunday best Mother's tired, she needs a rest The kids are playing up
3: downstairs Sister's sighing in her sleep Brother's got a night to keep you coming
2: around
1: in Our house In the middle of... Our house, it has a crowd. There's always something happening, and it's usually quite loud. Our mum, she's so house proud. Nothing ever slows her down, and a mess is not allowed. Our house, in the middle of our street. Our